Hello and welcome to episode 95 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. This is Ben Olson in Washington, D.C. With me today is Nathan Fox. How's it going, Nathan? Uh, just fine. We got an exciting show today with uh, all the digital LSAT news. Yeah, so the LSAC has finally um, ramped things up and they administered the digital LSAT, which turned out to be, I think, version 49 that they had created. And we have a ton of emails on that and we just want to jump right into that. So you said you had a, a good email to get us started. Yeah, we got one just uh, says, don't use my name, update. Don't drive four hours to take the digital pilot test and spend a ton of money on travel expenses only to get the starting times of the digital pilot LSAT and the June LSAT mixed up. Fuck. Hashtag dumbass. <laughs> that's, the entire, <laughs> that's the entire email that I got. Yeah, that sucks. So he got there at like 1230 then. Right. And it that's brutal driving four hours. Maybe stayed in a hotel sounds like or something too. But uh yeah, um, I guess it was a morning <laughs> test, not an <laughs> afternoon test. Do you, by the way, do you know why the June test is afternoon? I've always assumed that it was afternoon, so that they could say, "Hey, look, we have a test in the afternoon." If anyone complains about the morning administration for some reason, all you have to do is just wait till next year's one time that we do it. <laughs> we <laughs> offer it four times a year, <laughs> and just one of them like, is in the afternoon. Yeah. Just like the GRE, we allow we have morning and afternoon convenient morning and afternoon <laughs> slots. Just like the GRE. <laughs> well, it looks like they're uh, moving in the direction of uh, modernization here with this new tablet-based uh, digital LSAT, and we have correspondence from across the country, uh, an intelligence network, Ben. Yeah, they're all they're all writing in. We got some very enthusiastic emails. So should we get should we get right in? Yeah, I do want to say one thing before we jump into them. Yeah, um, it feels to me like there has been three things that have happened since the GRE or since Harvard decided to start accepting or at least preliminarily start accepting the GRE in lieu of the LSAT. Yeah. One um, LSAC has finally made real on their promise to start pursuing a digital version of the LSAT. Two, um, the new CEO of LSAC has offered to or has proposed the idea of offering the LSAT more than four times a year. And as we just saw last week, I think you emailed me, um, LSAC tweeted out that you can now take the LSAT uh, as many times as you want, you're not limited to three times in two years. So nothing like a little competition to get the test to modernize and become a lot more convenient for everybody out there who's trying to take it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if part of their motivation to to start hustling is our stupid mistake we made on the podcast. I think it was my well, fault. <laughs> Well, I got this email from Joe. Oh, yeah. That said, hi, Nathan. <laughs> heard your podcast. Well, actually, this was somebody who heard me on a different podcast. I was on um, the Law School Toolbox podcast with Allison Monahan. And uh, Joe heard me on that show and wrote in and said, hey, heard your podcast. As far as I know, the announcement of Yale accepting the GRE was an April Fool's joke. Or do you have info that I missed? Because we've been talking about it as if Yale followed suit. At least I have been talking about it as if Yale followed suit. 
And yeah, no, that is totally not a thing. That was a April Fool's joke. Um, man, do I hate April Fool's. I really do. It yeah. is the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. And uh, so, yeah, sorry. Our bad. We're stupid. Yale is not accepting the GRE, at least as far as we know. Um, yeah. yeah. You know what's funny about that, too, is that after you told me, I started telling everybody. And then one day I wanted to send somebody an article about it, and I Googled it, and I couldn't find an article about it at all. And I was like, wow, no one is writing about this. <laughs> and I just, like, let it go. I was like, okay, well, whatever. Like, I thought Yale would have some notice, you know? But, uh, yeah, I should have. Fake news. Into that. I was, I was, I was as uh, gullible as you. So, well, we're as gullible as everybody else. Fake, fake news is everywhere these days. Yeah, it's very easy <laughs> to retweet shit that's wrong, and just to keep re-spouting off stuff that's wrong. So, uh, anyway, we apologize for that, and uh, notice we're, we are correcting our mistakes because we are evidence-based people. Um, all right. Anyway, so yeah, so you're you're happy, Ben, about the progress the the LSAC is making toward a more modern, uh, user friendly version of the LSAT. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the changes. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think especially it's very nice. Get you know, getting rid of the restriction. Have we even talked about this on the show? There is no more no. restriction, Ben. There's no more restriction for taking it three times in any two year period. Yeah, that's what we. That's what, one of the things I was just mentioning. Yeah, yeah. This is that's mind blowing. That is, I've been for ten years. I've been helping people strategize about, you know, how do I judiciously use my three attempts, and when am I ready? Do I know if I'm ready? Um, my gut. What? Well, what was your gut when you heard this news? Oh well, in my mind, it doesn't change things a whole lot because I still feel like. If you're not close to being ready, you shouldn't take it. Agreed. That said, I feel like, hey, if you're on the fence and you are kind of like, oh, should I take it or should I not take it? Just go ahead and take it because now what's – I mean you get the experience. Um, if things go well, great. If they don't, well, then you'll take it again anyway. So yeah. no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you know, it's going to be weird um, two years from now. We're going to be in a situation where – we're working with students who have now taken it seven times. Yeah, that right. That, <laughs> that might look a little strange, but I guess uh, yeah, possible. Well, it may or it may not, right? And that's why we do need to get Anne on the show to talk about this stuff. So mm-hmm. um, we reached out to Anne yesterday, and she responded from Dubai, where she is on her fifteenth uh, wedding anniversary vacation. Okay, so cool. she is not available. Um, but uh, she will be, she said next week, I think. So if we can get her back uh, next next episode, we can talk about the implications and strategies for uh, why you would or would not want to take it three or four or five times. But, you know, in the, in the moment for people who are like right now deciding whether to take the June 12th test, um, yeah, if you're close, if you're on the fence, I say go for it. And that includes people who, I, got, I had a girl who, a former student of mine, who was telling me that she was crying from the good news because she's <laughs> well, she's 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 already taken it twice. Yeah, like, yeah, and so now she doesn't have to worry about. And now, and she last. was super stressed about June twelfth being her last attempt, and she's not happy with her practice scores. And what do I do? Do I take it or do I wait for September? And so now I think it's like, hey, you know, whatever. It's not optimal to take it four times, but 
it's also not that it's, it can't be, it's not possibly the end of the world. Right. And given that we know students in Harvard who have taken it three times and we know students in Stanford who have taken it three times. Yeah. I think it can't be the end of the world if you take it three or four times, you know? And so, so now it was like a very easy decision for her to take it, take it on June 12th. Hopefully she does great. Hopefully she's done. But if not, then she's always got the, you know, backup in September. Hey, this is a total random quote, but I think it is somewhat fitting for this situation. And that is, um, I don't know who this was. It was some movie producer and I just read it, uh, a couple weeks ago. And this producer was talking about actors or, um, celebrities or anyways, people who get their start in, in kind of shady ways, right? Like they start in porn or something like that. And then they become famous and they move away from that. And this producer said, success will forgive many past sins. <laughs> People yeah. just don't care. And I was thinking um, about that when you were talking and I was like, look, at the end of the day, you take it five times. But if you hit a great score, that success is going to forgive a lot of your, quote, past sins for taking it so many times. Because it's like, dude, at the end of the day, I did it. I succeeded. So – yeah. Let's talk. That seems rationally, I mean, you know, intuitively, that seems to make all the sense in the world. We can, you know, maybe Anne will come on and try to talk us out of that idea, but it, I, that seems totally legit to me. I mean, if you take the test 20 times, it's, you're not going to get lucky and get a 175. It's just not going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. people who are scoring 150, if they think, oh, well, all I have to do is take it 20 times and then I'll eventually get a 170. No, no, you won't. You won't. <laughs> some people yeah. are going to, some people are going to take it a thousand times and never score 170. So yeah. it's, it's not like you can just brute force. I mean, of course you should be doing lots and lots of practice tests, lots and lots of review. That's how you get better. But, you know, taking the official test a zillion times is not going to, you're not going to get lucky. And if, if you take it six times and you don't get into school, mm -hmm. it's probably because none of those six were very good. Yeah. You know, it's like they're not discriminating against you because you took it six times. They're discriminating against you because your highest is a 152. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they don't admit people like that. So that's why you didn't get in. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. We have a we have a hypothesis, but yeah, we can come on and uh, and shoot holes in that. Sure. We like fighting with Anne. We were fighting with Anne last time she was on. So that'll be fun. <laughs> Friendly fighting. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, cool. You want to, uh, dig into this first, uh, report from the well, <laughs> first report, successful report from the digital LSAT. Yeah. Someone who actually made it hashtag dumbass did not make it, but yeah, sure. So this first one, um, well, let's see here. Hannah actually wrote this to you. Do you want to read it? Oh, then... sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it says <laughs> subject. Digital LSAT was fucking awesome with like a bunch of E's. <laughs> That's the subject line. Hey, Nathan. Aside from waking up at 7 a.m., the digital pilot was awesome. They even gave us the $100 Amex cards right at the conclusion of the test. I was shocked. Basically, it was a Samsung tablet turned sideways 
with logical reasoning, argument, passage, game rules on the left, and question answer choices on the right. Along the bottom, there was an answer tracker with each number and a bubble under it that showed your progress and which questions you skipped or completed. You could flag questions, and these questions showed up along the bottom so you could go back to questions. You could jump to any question in the section by selecting them at the bottom of the screen or just go in order. To the right side of the answers was a box you could tick to essentially cross out the answer choices if you had eliminated if you had eliminated it. Oh, cross out the answer choice if you had eliminated it, which made things super quick and easy. If answer choices were too long to fit on the screen, you could scroll down or collapse the answers to only see the first line or so. Oh yeah, there was a section timer at the top right corner and it counted down your time. You could hide the timer until the five minute warning, which automatically pops up as a little dialog box. And then it is outlined in a red box in the corner for the remainder of the test. They provided stylus and pens for use for the test. Ah, any thoughts about that? That all sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing that <clears throat> several people have mentioned is that uh, now that you have the timer right in the corner, uh, it's all done by your your tablet. And so you're not going to have any proctor errors. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's fantastic. No proctor errors. Um, <laughs> we've heard of proctors giving five minute warning when there was actually 10 minutes left. Yep. <laughs> we've heard of proctors not giving a five minute warning at all. Different things like that. Um, so that's cool. I, I, I was very interested in finding out if you could hide the timer and you can. So that to me is really good to hide the timer for the first 30 minutes. Um, the, the timing after the five minutes that's going to be outlined in red, that's a little aggressive for me. I, I would wish that that was not there. I would wish I could turn that off. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder why they felt compelled to not allow you to, to turn it, it off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, um, they don't want any excuses or something. I don't know. Although it seems like when you turn but it you're off, gonna it's be, on you. It's gonna, yeah, it's on you. And um, as we'll see with the rest of these emails, they went to a lot of pains to make this pretty much the same experience as taking it on paper. Like you have the ability to underline and all mm. these sorts of things. So, and you can cross out answers just like you can, you know, on paper. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. It's just sort of a strange decision that they've made to force you to see the last five minutes. I mean, yeah. you're forced to get the five minute notice because it's a pop up. That's fine. You should be able to then dismiss it. Yeah. And um, from what I understand, you can. And then you just keep going. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's strange, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever. It, that's the game. And it only affects one seventh of your time during the section, right? So mm -hmm. you've already done the bulk of the section at that point. People think like, oh, it's crunch time now. I got to do something special here in the last five minutes. Like, no, you don't. You should have already gotten the bulk of the points that you're going to get. You should have already gotten six sevenths of the points that you're going to get. Yeah, probably you should have gotten more than six sevenths of the points that you're going to get because you've done all the easy ones already. 
and you're working on some of the very hardest ones now and you need to just be calm and careful and get one more right after that five minute warning has been called not yeah. five more right one more right and then maybe one more after that but not five more <laughs> you're just not going to do that accurately yeah. so it's not it's just not that big of a deal it affects a, a sliver of your time and does i'm not worried too much about the the timer oh by the way you know we should say that we should maybe we should make a bet when do you when do you think when do you think the uh actual test will be administered on digital for the first time because this is just a trial these were not official scores they were reusing an old practice test it seems um when what's your guess on how soon this thing is going to actually happen well actually so uh At some of these places, they had an LSAC representative there taking feedback. Oh, wow. And uh, apparently they're looking to do this in a year. So Wow, wow. We'll so see. They, so they claim. We can um, still bet. <laughs> but that's, the, that's at least one LSAC representative's comment. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how over-under bets work? Um. I mean, it's no. kind of self-explanatory. Well, one one participant in the bet just says a date, okay. proposes yep. a date, and then the other just takes the over or under. Oh, got it. Okay, and that's it. Yeah, tie goes to the uh, tie goes to to whoever whoever sets the date. So if uh, you want to if you want to set a specific test administration, if you nail it, you win. Otherwise, uh, I'll, I get the half of you know over or under. Okay, so I'm going to go with uh, June. Of your, next year. June of 2018. Yep. That's your bet. That's my bet. Okay. That is, well, I cannot possibly take the under. There's no way I can take the under. I have yeah. to take the, I have to take the over. So I will take the over and, uh, we will bet, um, I don't know, something, something. We'll figure okay. out the stakes. Yeah. The, the, uh, Amazon book of, of our choice or eh, something more fun than that. Maybe. <laughs> Although books are fun. Yeah. I went to the bookstore yesterday and bought six paperbacks. I'm super excited. Holy cow. There's this great bookstore in downtown LA. It's called the last bookstore. Hmm. They have a labyrinth of books, like where they've actually built uh, an arch and some, they've built these crazy, like it's a maze sort of, it's in yeah. an old bank building and they've taken over the entire bank with books and art and just, all kinds of cool stuff. And I go nuts when I get in there and they have those, the, the, I love a little pocket paperback that I can literally put in my pocket. Oh yeah. Um, and so I just stacked up a whole bunch of, um, mostly science fiction, old science fiction. So I'm, I'm excited. Dude, I read a fiction book this week. Dude, you also read another fiction book. You already talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, I was like, that was 90% true actually, according to the last chapter, but, um, I read The Outsiders finally. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Have I read that? It's like one of those ones that's required in like middle school, but the I never outside. read it. Wait, The Outsiders. Oh, yeah. Wait, is that like kind of like a West Side Story sort of a deal? Uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about. If I knew what that was, I, I could say. But what, um, what are the characters it, in the outside? Uh, so the main character is Pony Boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. 
And um, yeah, it's a quick read. But I think the cool thing is that it was written by someone who was 16. She was 16 at the time. Oh, so wow. That's it was amazing. Really, like when you think about that, you're like, holy cow, this is a really yeah. well-written book. So That's awesome. I'm in, I'm in, uh, I have two different family book clubs going on right now. Okay. I, I picked up, um, <clears throat> I was at the local library here in Marina del Rey and I picked up, they had a book sale going on, 50 cent paperbacks. And I, for 50 cents, I bought Mark Twain's Roughing It. Okay. And I have, I really, really loved the first few chapters. Then it got into some boring stuff, but I've been kind of skimming some of the more boring uh, episodes, um, including these long passages where he's just re, he's like reprinting parts of the Book of Mormon so that he can (laughs) then basically mock it. But it's, which I am really into the mocking part, but I'm not at all into reading these long passages from the Book of Mormon. It's really weird to see what, but he was, you know, Mark Twain, he was like doing journalism as he was going across the country um, on his way out to, to see all of the gold rush and silver mining stuff that he, he adventured to out here. So anyway, that book <clears throat> is super cool and I've been reading it and I suggested it to my mom and my mom is now texting me passages from it and stuff. So she's really liking it. So that's cool. I got a little mini uh, book club with my mom. And then I've also got my, I proposed it to my niece who's 10 and I proposed a book club and I got a text message yesterday announcing she had picked the book and she gave me a specific assignment that I have to read to chapter three by next (laughs) Wednesday. How old is she? (laughs) She's 10. (laughs) <laughs> and the book is called Kingdom Keepers Disney After Dark by Ridley Pearson. And it's got an image of the haunted castle and of the face of um, Malefic- Maleficent, who's going to be obviously the villain. And it's got a whole bunch of teenage kids on the front of it. So I'm going to be reading a teen novel about adventures in Disneyland or something like that. But I am looking forward to it. I told her, she said I had to get to chapter three by next Wednesday. I fired back and said, Hey, let's make it chapter four. All right. If you're going to be serious about this. And, uh, so I'm, I'm excited. I I've been needing to get like locked into books. So I have two, yeah, two book clubs and a stack of other books that I'm excited about. So it should be a good summer of reading. You know, that's bizarre because my dad actually just did that in the reverse. He all of a sudden he starts texting me and he's like, "You need to read books by uh, Thomas Sowell uh, or Soul." And I was like, uh, "Okay." Um, I mean, it really came out of nowhere, you know. And he kept texting me about it, so I was like, "All right, well, which which one do you recommend is the best one to start with?" And he says, um, "Intellectuals and Society," you know, which is such a abstract title that I was sort of like, "Intellectuals and Society." I don't know if I'm going to be able to get into this, but um, in any case, out of respect to my father and the fact that he was oddly enough like just barraging me with texts and trying to get me to read books all of a sudden, I was like, okay. So I went and got it and it is actually extraordinarily fascinating. It's basically um, arguing that there's a group of people which you could call intellectuals or the intelligentsia. And a lot of their arguments um, are very persuasive because they're very good at talking. Um, but because they have a certain heightened sense of their intelligence and their knowledge, um, probably because 
you know, they've done really well in school and everyone's told them how smart they are since they were kids. Um, they have a tendency to sort of veer off of their areas of expertise into other areas and make public pronouncements about those things and be horribly wrong. And so the book is just going through a lot of um, comments by respected, quote, intellectuals who have been horribly wrong on a whole host of issues and never really faced any consequences for it but have actually influenced society in a lot of different ways. Um, and so the book is sort of funny but even just today I was uh, driving in and he started talking about um, Ronald or uh, I can't remember the guy's first name but Dworkin, which I thought was interesting because there's you know, at least like one or two passages about Dworkin. About, oh, you mean reading comprehension passages about Dworkin? Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, that guy. And just like various things that um, he said and uh, very confidently so but turned out to be horribly wrong because they, <laughs> they don't really take the time to you know become familiar with that idea. They're just like, oh, I'm smart. I, I, I know what's going on out here. And they're almost like sort of – you know condescending when they when they take these positions and they have people who argue against them who are experienced in those fields or those ideas uh, even very mundane things um so so it's, anyways it's turned out to be kind of a fascinating book that i would never have thought to pick up on my own um i love it when we encounter lsat stuff in real life yeah. like <laughs> i was at the uh San Francisco Museum of Modern Art the other day, which I mm -hmm. really love. And I happened to encounter this uh, mirrored sculpture. And I went up and looked at the mirrored sculpture and checked out the name. And oh, sure enough. Noguchi? Or what's it? <laughs> um, it, it? It was, I forget the exact thing, but it was, it was somebody who, who had, um, yeah, it wasn't, it actually wasn't that one, but it was similar to that. It was, uh, well, now I'm botching the story. I'll have to look it up, but I took a couple of photographs of the sculpture because it was definitely some, uh, somebody who had been mentioned in a re reading comprehension passage. And I was like, oh, I feel like I know slightly something about this. I've heard of this yeah. before, at least. I'm not like a total the positive. idiot. <laughs> yeah, like the positive light, negative light thing, I think. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. It's, the picture is cool because it has a perfectly mirrored surface where you can't, you know, you cannot penetrate the surface of the, <clears throat> of the, um, sculpture at all. Like you can't, it, it, you're actually not in a, in a way, you know, you're not even seeing the sculpture because all you're seeing is yourself and the room, like wherever the sculpture lives when you have a perfectly reflective sculpture like that. It's, yeah. it's kind of neat. Cool. We're not like total total um what's the word we're cultured ben yeah <laughs> we have we have just enough knowledge to say something in response to something on that topic <laughs> and then quickly move on <laughs> yeah. uh cool so should we get back to this um yeah yeah sure all right all right um for logic games they gave us a book with a bunch of pages for scratch paper that sounds good for reading comp you could read the whole passage without the questions or you could choose to see the passage and the question on the screen at the same time. I found that making the test, the small, the text, the smallest size option was helpful so that I could read it all without scrolling. They also had options for adding your own numerical annotation. Don't do that. Not necessary. The coolest part was that when it referenced a term 
or inline type of question, it automatically highlighted that que- that line in the text so that when you got to that question, you didn't even have to look for it. You just go right back to the passage and it was there whole, uh, highlighted. So <clears throat> uh, says it saved a minute or two overall. Um, writing sample, they gave you a little USB keyboard and you plugged it into the tablet. So writing sample is going to be typed. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I really wish we could use this for June. I found it so much easier and less stressful. Uh, Hannah. And then uh, Hannah, thanks Hannah. And then Hannah gives a PS. I guess the downside is that one guy's tablet completely shot on him in the middle of the fourth section and he couldn't complete the test. He still got his gift card though. Ha. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine them not giving it to him. yeah that's awesome that's like willy wonka like you did not complete the (laughs) yeah what is it yeah you stole fizzy lifting drink all right so uh there's a there's a report from hannah any thoughts about any of that no um it's interesting to see that she liked it so much um so maybe maybe they're almost there they're almost ready to, to get it rolled out um, everybody's saying the same things here. So, uh, maybe you want to just kind of skim through this next one. Sure. Yeah. So Ben and Nathan, I took the digital all set TM, 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 all rights reserved, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when our, our correspondents are, are throwing jokes in there. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, there are a few points of interest. First, the pilot was prepped to 73, which sucked because it took, I just took that a week ago so yeah, that really does suck. So it was boring as hell. The upside was I finished early enough to tinker with the testing device. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to break it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you get a 10-inch Samsung. We knew that. Let's see. Um, it's modified so that it's stuck in the Elsa app, so you can't get out. That's not surprising. None of the hardware keys work, and the screen won't turn off. <laughs> try to turn this off. I don't want to see this anymore. That's awesome. You can't access standard settings or any home screen or other apps. It has no power cord, but it didn't run out of battery or show any indication of low battery. Well, maybe it did for that guy. That one guy, it didn't work at all. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The tablets are scanned along with your admission ticket to pair them. Your tablet shows your face and your seat number in between sections so it can be checked by proctors. Wow. Yeah. This all sounds official, dude. Like this – Man, June 2018 is looking good right now, actually, for for when this thing will launch. Yeah. I'm yeah. almost wishing I would have taken the under because this all sounds very official. Like, this sounds like they're they're seriously going to do this. Yeah. Because yeah. all this shit is like, there's a lot of functionality going on here. Yeah. It's not like it's breaking and they're like, oh, well, thanks for showing us that it doesn't work. We'll go ahead and work on that. Yeah. Okay, there is a demo video that shows you the features and functionality and then the opportunity to practice with dummy questions for five minutes. Um, <clears throat> okay, the proctor reads the instructions, then presses a button on a laptop with a special peripheral that wirelessly communicates to the tablets. The time is automatic along with an automatic pop-up for the five-minute yep. You know – Yeah. This is all. <laughs> hopefully, they'll evolve to a point where their the proc their proctor is not the one reading the instructions. 
that's dumb. That doesn't need to be a human. That should be pre-recorded part of the <clears throat> part of the functionality of the tablet. And because they should also be moving to a, a situation where you sit there with headphones and you just are administer your the the tablet administers the test to you individual yeah. from it, yep. from from how it, it gets administered to everyone else. But anyway, I mean they're yeah, they're they're making steps in the right direction. Well, I think this this uh illustrates actually the fundamental shortfall of the test. The test was prep test seventy three, right? And so basically what they've succeeded in doing, which is great. They've succeeded in taking a paper-based test and transferring it to a tablet and making it possible for you to do it all on the tablet uh, except for uh, scratch paper. Um, But here's the problem. Like that's not the main advantage of having it on computer. The main (laughs) advantage of having it on computer (laughs) – is to do away with all like like you said the proctor this whole stuff meeting together at eight thirty the guy who showed up late and was hashtag yeah. dumbass could be actually yeah. hashtag smartass if he just could take it at any time yeah um, the other thing is that uh, they need to do computer adaptive testing it would have been really cool if they had tried to roll that out and yeah. see how that would work with a bunch of people because then you would only have to give everyone 50 to 60 questions yeah. and you would have a more accurate score right we wouldn't have yeah. this three point swing so i feel like in some ways they've made a huge step in other ways they um are still just getting started barely. Well, right, because the fundamental problem, the big problem is not digital versus print. The mm-hmm. fundamental problem is this thing is only offered four times a year. That's the yep. pain in the ass. Four yep. times a year is the problem. If you could just make it offered 10 times a year, no one would give a shit if it was offered on digital or on print. It wouldn't matter because mm-hmm. you'd yep. have you'd, you know, if it was once a month even, you know, that once a month would be awesome because then it's like, Hey, well, you're not ready this time, but maybe you're not, maybe you're ready next month or you got a wedding this month. That's fine. You can take it next month. No big deal. And it would be so much more user-friendly. The four times a year is a major hassle for people. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, you're right. I mean, the move to digital does seem like a move in the direction of being able to offer it more times a year because hopefully the technology will be more flexible, but until they get to a thing where you can just take it on your own, right? Where you just show up and t- and they give you a tablet and you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Until until they do that, then they haven't actually, yeah, they haven't created, they haven't made it any easier for themselves to administer it multiple times per year. Yeah. So, because same thing, like computer adaptive, you're right that if they did computer adaptive, they would be able to give less questions. And they'd be able to correctly assess your score in a shorter amount of time, which would be great. That's also a win. But I don't care about that nearly as much as I care about just having it offered more than four times a year. Well, wait, I actually think that's the key to being able to offer it more frequently. Because if you have a computer adaptive test, then you pull from a random pool a of questions. big test bank, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and not everyone's test is the same. So it's not like right now they're running into the problem is – you you administer it and you have to administer it all at the everyone at the yeah. same time. Otherwise, they go and start telling their friends. But if you have right. computer adaptive, you can't tell your friends because you took a different test than they did. Right, because there is a there's a test bank, but it's a big test bank, and it's like here's all the questions that are being tested for 2017 and 2018 and 2019 all at once, and they're all different levels, and you only get a small fraction of those depending on. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That you're right. 
that would be that would be better. I mean, either way, it seems like they probably need to create more questions. I mean, they're constantly creating more questions, right? New questions, but yeah. if they're going to offer it more more times, even if they, yeah, computer adaptive will save a little bit because they'll be exposing less questions per per test, right? Mm-hmm. And a different set of questions per test. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, they're moving in the right direction. Yep. So uh, this person, um, can we use his name? Uh, doesn't say not to. So Jacob says Nathan is going to hate this. So do you hate this? The time is running as a constantly visible countdown. Yep. This is what we talked about earlier. Um, I hate it, but you can click to hide it. So for, for six sevenths of your test, you don't need to have that timer. You just turn it off. Yeah, that's fine. And then it pops up after five minutes, but yeah, big, that's not, not that big of a deal. I'm, yeah. I'll let it go. He continues. The tablet shows one question at a time. Um, this is actually sort of interesting because, uh, it makes it a little bit difficult to implement, I think the advice that both of us give in games to do the if questions first. Uh, mm. Because uh, you're giving the question one at a time, and so you, unless you randomly jump ahead to the questions to see which ones start with if, you know, you have to, you can't like quickly see that. I mean, you still could search through them, but that also seems a little like. Well, so on the games, then if this were the way they would do it, I guess. We would still recommend you do the the list question first. It's probably the first question, the list yep. question. You do that first. And then if the next question is just a, a general must be true or must be false or whatever, you just hit skip, right? Yeah, immediately and then skip you just it. Skip all of them except for the if ones and then you go back. I think people would be able to adapt to that relatively yeah. quickly. I guess now that we're talking about it, it's not that hard. And the other thing here is that um, uh, as, as, people have noted you have all your answers at the bottom uh, or all the um like questions at the bottom right yeah. so you mm-hmm. you can see which ones you've answered and which ones you haven't so jumping back is is very easy you can just tap on it um in any case uh on rc it shows the passage on the left yep um you can also see it with the whole passage without the question mm-hmm. that's what we learned earlier um yeah, so you have a stylus to interact with the tablet and select answers, and that stylus is also a pen. So one side is a stylus, the other side is a pen. And and it's an official digital LSAT stylus. Mm, that's right. So it's like, man, are they they're going to start selling this shit to people? They're gonna are they going to make students buy a practice tablet with a practice stylus? Oh, yeah, I guess they could. They definitely could. They already sell hundreds slash thousands of dollars of material to to people who are studying for the LSAT. Whoa, wait. So are they going to circumvent <laughs> all of us and just say, hey, buy a tablet and then we'll sell you the uh, tests? Yeah, well, they've in, already – In-app purchases right yeah and they're they've they've announced this partnership with Khan to do you know to create some free lsat prep program too so they that yeah you know they they don't like the lsat prep industry they, they don't like they don't love us i don't think they're 
they would prefer that we're not around. They would prefer that they are the only ones who ever, you know, get to sell stuff to these students. Um, but I could definitely see them. Yeah. Selling tablets for sure. And, t- and potentially selling LSAT prep through those tablets too. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they? I mean, they're good at making money, so they seem like they could be setting themselves up here for continued profit. It's interesting too, because the uh, official explanations that they have published, you know, the super prep books yeah, are pretty universally derided for their, um, hard to follow. Oh, they're, they're not teaching. They're, <laughs> they're, they're like technically correct, but they're just not instruction at all. Yeah. They're, they don't help you to understand. It's just like, here's, here's how, I guess, I mean, I, th- I think it's still useful. And for someone at a, at a very high level, you can probably benefit from reading through that stuff. But yeah, if you're starting off, that's not the place to start because they, they, they're not good at explaining their own stuff. Yeah. So, uh, he goes on scratch paper is available for all four sections or all sections. Sorry. You can only use the pen provided, which happens to be the other side of your stylus special features of the digital LSAT. A button on the right side of each answer choice allows you to cross it out. Yep. Okay. Uh, three different colors of highlighter. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the highlighter, okay, plus an underlining tool. Total waste of time. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Highlighter and underlining. You can mark next to lines with, yeah, the uh, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. A button to flag a question so you can easily Whoa, go back to it. Oh, wait. They suggested using, quote, so they, they're explaining, hey, here's how you can use these one, two, three, four, five. And they actually put a suggestion. <laughs> I guess when they're just trying to like explain how to use it, they then say, we, they suggested using one for main point, two for key evidence. Or whatever you want. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. That that to me, wow, that's so strange. It's so weird that they. I mean, well, it's not, it's also oof. kind of bizarre too because I would say only half the passages have an explicit main point. No, and you you can't. I people, you can't figure out the main point of the passage until you read the whole thing. You don't know what the main point of the passage is until you have read it all. Because yeah, yeah. it'll start off talking about this one thing and it'll the whole first paragraph will be about this one thing. But then the second and third paragraph can be about some other better, improved, or different, or whatever. It can totally shift gears and the, whatever the main you know, whatever the proper noun was in the first paragraph, that is not the main point of the entire passage necessarily. Yeah. So you flagging it like, oh, well, there's the main point. And then, oh, yep, here's the key evidence for that point. No, you don't know that. You Chill out. <laughs> Read the whole thing first before you decide what the main point is. To be clear, um, if you read something and you think that's the main point, you can certainly hold that as your prediction. But then you need to see that the rest of the passage confirms that and doesn't go off in a different direction. And when it does, then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait, maybe the main point is right here. Yeah, it's you're not reading the passage looking to underline the main point. You're reading the whole passage looking for the main point 
to emerge <laughs> that's going to become clear why, you know, overall, what's the just main, what are they doing here? What do they want here? And you have to read their whole argument before you can figure out what it is that they really want. And yeah. Ben, as you said, there are many passages where the main point is never explicitly stated. Mm-hmm. They do not have to have a sentence that cleanly states the main point of the passage. It can be a feel that you get from reading all four passages, all four paragraphs or whatever it is. This main idea will emerge from that. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Okay. That's, that's a little it's kind of bad instruction there that they're telling people to use these numbers to label stuff. <laughs> that's silly. Um, okay. Flags. Uh, we got that. Writing yep. sample. We got that. Yep. Oh, I like this. You're limited to 5,000 characters. Whew. That's a thousand characters. That's quite the uh, length. Yeah. You'd have a lot to say if you could write five thousand characters. Well, one of these one of these later letters was is talking about how he's he was happy that he was able to write much much more for the writing sample. He he felt he was able to get a lot more of his thoughts out on paper because of, or on the page because of his oh sure because of the keyboard yeah oh I hate hand. I write, I hate writing by hand yeah same all right overall impression since it was a test. I had recently taken. I didn't get a good gauge for time, but it felt faster not to have to go to the bubble sheet. That is for sure. When I time myself just to keep track of how long I'm spending bubbling, I usually spend a minute and a half to two minutes. So, hey, this thing saves you two minutes. Um, <laughs> which right. which doesn't benefit anybody. <laughs> it's Right? I mean, it, it benefits everybody, so it benefits nobody. Yep, exactly. Yep. So now <laughs> the cur- the curve has just been improved. Yeah. No. If they make the test, yeah, they make the test easier. That is not necessarily good for you. That is that that impacts the entire field the same, and that may be good for you or maybe bad for you. Yeah. Like if they made the test easier, it would be really bad for me and bad for Ben. Yeah. Because there would be more people able to score, you know, in our realm. Uh, but yeah, I guess if you're really poor at the test, then it might be good for you if they yeah. made it a lot easier. Um, he says that the running clock thing is bullshit. Um, eliminating proctor error for timing is good, though. Yeah. Doing the games off the page meant a ton of room to make diagrams. Oh, yeah, because you're doing the games on the scratch paper. But didn't feel as comfortable as writing on the page. Okay, The app is very well produced. It has clearly gone through testing. The app said it was on version 49. Damn. Yeah, you know, someone else mentioned, um, I guess someone took it in uh, Wisconsin and they said that one, they were taking it there. There were a bunch of other people who are like in the testing industry and they were taking it just to see what was going on with it. And they had taken the MCAT when it went digital. And they said that when the MCAT went digital, their pilot test was a complete disaster. Like it hadn't been (laughs) tested at all or so, or I mean very little. And there was just a ton of, glitches and it didn't work sounds like lsac um for all the (laughs) for all the things that we complain about them uh 
got it together, at least for this pilot. No, I, most of what I have heard so far is sounds really awesome. So, I mean, congratulations really to the LSAC. We, we like to poke fun, but, uh, it seems like you have made some pretty good progress already. So good job guys. Yeah. Bottom line, uh, Jacob says, uh, if I had a choice, I'd probably choose the digital version. That's the same as Hannah. So win, win, go far two, two for zero. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to take the next one? Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, I took, Hey, Nathan and Ben, I took the digital LSAT pilot today. Wanted to share some thoughts. Um, let's see anything new. Oh, um, we were provided with a thing to prop the tablet on. Okay. So you prop it up in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Stylus didn't actually let you write on the screen. It's just functions for highlighting and crossing out answers and stuff. Okay. They gave us the pens as a souvenir at the end. LOL. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you going to do with that? <laughs> well, uh, I guess you could use it as a stylus on your <laughs> touch device or as a pen. <laughs> Oh, because it's just a it's just a stylus that works. It works for yeah. All right, I guess it works on a Samsung tablet, so it probably works on other stuff too. Yeah. Oh, and it's a pen on the other end. Wow, that's great. Um, that'll go into the like Smithsonian someday. Um, some of the other test takers said they preferred paper, but I was happy with the digital format. I don't like dealing with pencil sharpening and worrying about taking time to bubble answers. So it was really nice to have that relief. Uh, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, got the clock, got the hot. Oh, you do not have the auditory interruption for five minutes left. The warning just pops up. So that's, that's actually kind of cool. I always, uh, startle my class when I announce five minutes. Do you, you get that Ben? Like the people yeah. jump. When- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are like, Whoa, Hey, hey. Like, <laughs> I feel so bad because they phys- physically <laughs> jump, but that's probably a good sign that they were immersed in the, um, in the test. Yeah. Um, our only technical malfunction was which was with the keyboards for the writing sample. Some of the keys wouldn't work on mine, but they got me a different one and it was fine. Major drawback, uh, for me was that it felt harder to comprehend and focus on the RC passages. I think there's some research out there that it's harder to retain information when reading on a screen versus paper. Uh, Yeah, that said, this correspondent basically got them all right on, or almost all right on the reading comprehension. So overall, hey, yeah. So on that point, uh, one of one of my former students had a great idea. Uh, she um, she turned on the so you have you still have the accessibility functionality for the tablet. Oh, yeah, and one of the things you can do with that is you can invert the colors. So that you actually have a dark screen with light text and then you can adjust the uh, contrast up or down. Okay. And so if you do a dark screen and then you actually lower the contrast, then you don't get this like bright glare. Okay. And I think I've actually read – and I don't know. I don't think this is an option unfortunately with the accessibility. But I've read that the the easiest format to read uh, on a digital device is like a, sort of a, a light yellow background. Okay. Um, I think uh, 
that's an option like in your Kindle app. But in any case, um, for what it's worth, some people might find it easier to look at a dark screen if they ever have the opportunity to take it. So Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, if that's your plan, then I would ask, do you already do that on your phone and on your computer? Because you probably should be. I mean, I don't know why not. If it's better for you, it's better for you. But Yeah, sure. Um, overall, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm guessing people who like to annotate reading comprehension will complain or people who prefer pencils for games. Curious uh, what you guys think of the format best. Anonymous. All right. So there's another report. Yeah. So what's the score? So far, that's uh, 3-0 in favor. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we get to this last one. Yeah. Oh, is this, uh, Oh, the last one from not really Brad. This is Brad Pitt. Yep. It's so awesome, Ben, that we have this like intelligence network thinking LSAT intelligence network out there. Yeah. In the world. I'm glad we were able, cause what if we would have like talked about it on the show and said like, we can't wait for you guys, please sign up for the digital LSAT and let us know how it goes. And then what if we would have got like nothing? That That would have been been, sad. That would have been so sad. But instead we get multiple people (laughs) and one of them has a super cool spy fake name of Brad Pitt. Yeah. (laughs) Brad's written in before to the show. Brad figured out a way to change his, the, it's an email coming from his school and it still shows up calling him Brad Pitt, even though his name is not Brad Pitt. That's, that's the one where I was like, wait, what? Really? That's some secret. That would suck to have this name, but yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Brad, you have a future in the NSA. Here's my thoughts on the digital LSAT says, not really Brad. Good morning. It was a shit show. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to get our first? Negative? We'll see. Possible. The proctors, pro- possibly. The proctors had no idea what was going on. Well, that's not new. <laughs> and when all was said and done, it was 2.35 before we got out. Ouch. Well, that sucks. But at the same time, that's, uh, what, six hours later, right? Yeah. And um, they tell you to plan on seven. So Yeah, plus you're – Not so crazy. That works out to uh, – little more than $15 an hour. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how much you're going to make as a lawyer anyway. So you should probably <laughs> be pretty happy with that. <laughs> there is a five minute practice round for each section type. Yep. Okay. Which automatically adds 20 minutes to the test. Yeah, that would be annoying. Our proctor didn't know she had to start the clock for the 15 minute break. So we had two 15 minute breaks. Anyway, I'm glad they did this. If only for the proctors to know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, um, it, it's likely, in fact, it, it's probably, yeah, on average, it's almost guaranteed that uh, the people taking the test are brighter than the people that are proctoring the test, I think. Oh, for sure. <laughs> on yeah. average, just because, I mean, no, sorry, I'm not trying to insult every LSAT proctor out there, but you know, these people just, they tend to be like administrative people at the school or just kind of random people from the community or whatever. And you get like old folks and stuff who are the proctors. And, um, so yeah, the group of, um, you know, future lawyers of America that are sitting there taking the test are frequently going to be kind of sharper than the proctors themselves. Yeah. Um, did I mention that I heard a bunch of people in New York and Philly fell asleep during this? 
That sounds like an out like an outbreak. No, so what happened was they they a bunch of people found out you're gonna get a hundred dollars, so they signed up and then they just oh, went and fell asleep. Wow! But they did not give them their hundred dollars. Oh, sorry, you're here to take the test. You didn't do that. See you later. So, wow. In any case, um, not Brad continues. Mm-hmm. LR was definitely easier slash faster for me. It was very easy to both eliminate wrong answers, which would turn them gray, and choose correct answers. There were bubbles on the left side. Yeah. Okay. Bubbles on the right side of the answers to click and eliminate and gray it out, and then a bubble on the left side to choose it, huh? Yeah. Okay. And you could flag it. That all sounds great. And so Brad likes this part. Yep. Okay. Um, the question numbers, as we mentioned before, were listed along the bottom of the screen. As you and as you went through, a little bubble indicated that you had chosen an answer. So you saw which answers you had completed and which you had not. If the question was flagged, a little flag literally would come up on the bottom of the screen. The entire process was just a hair faster for each question because you didn't have to go to the answer sheet in order to fill in a bubble. Yep, we've heard this. This sounds consistent. Brad is a legitimate source of intel. Yep. Um, All right, so Brad continues. Point number three. LG, the games, were a little more difficult. The scratch paper beam away from the answers just seemed to make things take a little extra time. Not a lot, but maybe a minute or so for the section. The few brute-forced questions were especially annoying because marking incorrect answers meant readjusting the pencil to mark an answer wrong. Wait, what? Did I follow that correctly? The few brute-force questions were especially annoying because marking incorrect answers meant readjusting the pencil. Because you've got a pencil in your hand for the game for like to sketch out the games and then oh you... uh, and by pencil he means pen right because you can't have pencils apparently oh now thing. it's just pens so you actually have to do your diagrams in pen you have to do them in pen and it's the other side of your stylus yeah so he's saying he doesn't like that he has to flip the pen the other the other way yeah well he just needs to practice you know, they left him, they gave that, they gave him a souvenir so he can now at home, <laughs> he, can, he practice can practice the flip move. <laughs> he just has to get the flip move, which will be helpful for his secret agent skills anyway. Well, here's another idea too. If you, if you really want to just keep it in pen mode, just, and my students do this all the time because I have them do the games on a separate piece of paper anyway, so they can redo the game later, uh, but just quickly write A, B, C, D, E, and then cross them out as you go. Yeah. That's and what I do you, on the whiteboard too when I'm trying to like demonstrate process of elimination. I'll just put A, B, C, D, E and slash them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people always complain. They're like, I don't have time to do that. And I'm like, <laughs> it takes like five – like not even five seconds. Like two seconds. Five, that's two seconds. Yeah. yeah. So just, just practice that. Mm-hmm. All right. With practice, I'm sure I could improve. Yes. Um, point number four. Reading comp was about the same. It had the same positives as LR, but the entire passage couldn't be viewed alongside the answers at one time. <sighs> yeah, but you can scroll up and down, right? So Yeah. So there was constant scrolling. Constant scrolling? <laughs> you know, I, I'm actually worried, not really, Brad, that maybe you didn't read the passage carefully enough. That's what it sounds like to me. Because it sounds like you're going back and looking for information a lot. 
now maybe I'm jumping to conclusions too quickly, but um, anyways, just something to keep in mind. Scrolling was easy, but my time is precious in the RC section. It might be precious because you're not spending enough time reading up front. Yeah. Yeah. If you invested more time in reading the passage, you read it more carefully, you would, you would be, your time might, you might find that you have more time than you think. It's ironic, but that's the truth. I mean, I was working just the other night with a one-on-one tutoring student who's like scoring very high already. He's shooting for, you know, like above 175. Yeah. And he's just struggling a tiny bit with reading comp and we were, you know, he's like, Hey, this, how about this test? And I'm like, okay, sure. Reading comp. Sure. All right. Well, so let's read the passage. And we just silently, each of us just on Skype, we just silently sat there and read it. Yeah. And three times in a row, he got done reading the passage before I was done reading the passage. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but then I nail the question with no problem at all. And I don't yeah. like the wrong answers look so shitty to me. And I'm just like, well, this is obviously the answer. And he's still struggling with it. Like, but what about B? But what about D? But what about this other thing? And I'm like, well, yeah. dude, you read the passage faster than I did. And now you're struggling with the question. Hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, how about, yeah, you, you got, you have to, you just have to comprehend. And if you're not really fully comprehending, you're going to have a hard time with the questions. Cool. Okay. Um, just a quick thought on that too. When I'm doing this timing thing and I'm just noting how long I'm spending reading the passage, I've mentioned this a bajillion times, but it's almost, it's not entirely, but it's almost half the time, right? All like I would say between a third of the time and half the time is spent reading the passage, but then the, the answers just like fly. Yeah. So, um, in any case, he says, uh, I don't – there were three ways to underline, yet three different colors of highlighter and numbers <laughs> of ways to make notations. We've already laughed at that. That's pretty funny. Um, I don't do any of these normally, so it didn't bother me or I didn't bother, bother with them on the test. Yep. Good. OK. And lastly, he points out that when they point you to a specific line, they, they've actually already highlighted it in the passage, yep. which is great. Okay, five. Writing sample. For what it's worth, it was definitely easier. Of course, a keyboard helps. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> on the February L set, I think I got three good paragraphs in. Okay. Uh, on this bad boy, I got six. The keyboard was handed out right before the section. Okay, cool. Overall, I think the digital L set would improve my score by an average of two or three points. And everyone else's possibly. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, if you were the only one who was taking the digital test and everyone else was taking the print, then yeah, you would go up by two or three points. But <laughs> since everyone's taking the digital version, nobody goes up. Yeah, the extra time on LR would be extremely helpful to go from minus two to minus zero. You know, actually, I, I mean, this is what you were saying earlier. It, it might help some people and not others. I could it would actually benefit it. Brad and hurt us, right? Because Brad would now be able to get minus zero on logical reasoning. Yeah, so it's almost we like we already if, get minus zero. On if you're reason. almost there, if you're almost getting zero wrong, this is going to help you. That said, for a lot of people, like you said, who are low, even lower, like the extra time might not help at all, right? Like you have extra time and you uh, <laughs> you do another question, you can't get it right because you're just not understanding them. So yeah. maybe for those people, it doesn't make much of a difference, but for some, it will make a difference. Right. But anyways, games are not a problem for me anyway, so the extra time wasn't a big deal. RC was a wash. 
if we knew when they were going to make the LSAT digital, it might give me even more reason to wait another year. Hmm. So it sounds like a win. He likes it on balance more than the paper test. Um, and he ends by saying, I appreciate you guys discussing my options and laying down the facts. We only deal in facts on the thinking outside. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try to do this. Oh, wait, what? Hit. Try hit. Oh, okay. I'm going to try to hit a home run in June and apply. But I'm more open to waiting than I was before you guys discussed it. I'll send a follow-up in August or July as to how it went. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, that reminds me. They're going to take six weeks to give people their scores back. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, gonna, for this, you mean? For your, yeah. your an- analysis? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the, the pilot program is going to take six weeks. I six see. weeks. I see. Which is a bummer because uh, I think a lot of people were taking this in preparation for the June LSAT and they basically got <laughs> screwed. <'cause>... <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. Wow. That's awesome. Well, that is. We, we promised you $100. Here you go. Um, that is truly. <laughs> Truly LSAC, LSAC. Awesome. That is, that's amazing. Cause here we are thinking like, Oh, you go to digital. Well, then they can just give you feedback right away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's digital. And they're like, Oh, actually it's going to take twice as long. <laughs> <laughs> twice as long. <laughs> For one, what is it like? Uh, one thirtieth of the, the number of people. But, uh, comedy. Yeah. And they gave test 73, which is like, okay. A lot of people had already seen that test, so yeah, yeah. no, no win there. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I, it sounds like four zero, huh? Four zero in favor. Yeah. Good job. Good job, LSAC. Um, this is looking like a clearly a step in the right direction. Um, we will revise our estimation of that when this thing actually gets rolled out. We'll see. Um, yeah, they may or may not do another. <laughs> Seems like maybe they're going to need to do one more pilot of this thing before they really launch it. But yeah, maybe not. Maybe they're just going to decide this was good enough and just do it. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on how much they try to um, automate for the next round, right? Like, like you said, they could go a lot further. You could just have one proctor there, and a uh, person just checks out the devices or something. You know, I don't know, and gets rid of their job entirely, except for that. Who knows? Well, it, and if they're going to do that, then they could also, I guess if they went computer adaptive or, yeah, it would just be so great if you could roll into a testing center at whatever your appointed time is and they just hand you the tablet and sit you in a room and you just do it. And, the, the, you know, the, the the tablet and the testing center are just kind of always you're, you're being proctored by the by the system. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's how it works. At, that's how it works when you take the GRE or the GMAT. Yeah. You go into this room with all these blank terminals and then the terminal just administers the test to you. And there's like no way you could really cheat or there's not that much you could do. And there could be someone right next to you who's taking the NCLEX or a completely different exam. Mm-hmm. But there's one proctor who's like running the test center mm-hmm. and that proctor is watching everybody and the systems are set up to watch everybody. That that would be the amazing thing because then, yeah, they – they would have less need for proctors and you'd be able to take the test all the time if you wanted. Yeah. Or in, in two weeks you could sign up and take it and get your results right away. You know, that's where, 
that's where we're going if we're going to really make it nice for students. Mm-hmm. We'll find out, I guess, how much they how <laughs> how much they really care about making this you know easier for students to take. Yeah, but this is steps in the right direction, and yeah, four four correspondence and four yeses. Yeah, great, cool. Should we call it a show? Yeah, I think that's probably good for today. That was a big old report from the um, uh, digital pilot test of the LSAT. Yeah. As always, uh, you can email us your questions at help at thinkinglsat.com. You can also tweet us at thinkinglsat. You can tweet Nathan at nfox. Is that right? That's right. You can tweet me at strategy prep. Um, we're always happy to get questions and tell you what we know, which may not be enough, but we'll do our best to help you out. And if you're so inclined, we also love getting reviews on iTunes. That helps us a ton. That also helps get the podcast out there. So if you haven't done any service this year and you're looking for some way to give back to your community, Absolutely. Think of us at iTunes. So, um, yeah, anything else? Well, we might mention that we're both in business. I mean, we do love doing this show Wait, for you're free. still in business? I am still in business. I mean, <laughs> who knows how long uh, <laughs> with all the stuff that's going on, the GRE competing and a free program coming from Khan. Yeah, I mean, it was nice while it lasted. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm probably going to play out the string here. I don't know what else I would do with my life if I wasn't doing this, uh, to be honest. So, <laughs> Are you going to walk around San Francisco with like a free LSAT services sign in like five years? Be like, I know a lot about this test. It's still paper-based, at least my advice, but I can help you. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, so we both uh, are independent, full-time professional LSAT teachers. <laughs> Ben's business strategy prep in Washington, D.C. He offers live classes in D.C. He offers an online class. He offers one-on-one private tutoring around the world on Skype. If you'd like to work with Ben, go to strategyprep.com and you can find out all about everything that Ben offers. And um, exact same deal for me. For me, I have an online program. I have one-on-one tutoring via Skype and uh, I have live classes in both Los Angeles and in San Francisco. So if you'd like to learn more about uh, everything I have to offer, you can go to foxlsat.com and find all that stuff out. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty crazy. So you must be uh, still going back and forth huh? between the two. Oh, it's so great, man. I'm really loving it, actually. Um, yeah. I Well, I live uh, – less than in the morning. If I, if I go to LAX in the morning for me, I take my motorcycle. It's, okay. it's, a, it's mm-hmm. incredible actually my commute. Cause I go to San Francisco like once or twice a month okay. and I, I teach a, a full weekend for my group that's there. Okay. Yeah. Do you stay um, in the hotel or do you have a place? No, I have friends, friends and family and stuff. So I just you stay have with friends. Folks. Get out I know. of here. Can Come you on, tell it? the truth. So yeah. you stay at the hotel and then, no, <laughs> I mean, I call the staff there my friends because <laughs> they're <laughs> hey, paid Joey. to pretend to be friendly to me. Um, yeah, so I, if I do, sometimes if I do the quick, you know, sometimes I'll go for longer and hang out and see see friends and and stuff. But I, um, if I do the quick quick trip, I set my alarm here at like six a.m. 
I'm on my motorcycle at 6.15. I'm parked for free in the short-term parking at LAX, which you can do with a motorcycle. You can park it for free in the short-term parking, which is oh, right, okay. across the, right across the right across the road from the from the terminal. Yeah. And so I'm at – Do you have like a backpack on or nothing? You don't I have a backpack. I go, uh-huh. I go just backpack. I can do everything in one bag. I have TSA pre. And so I'm I'm standing at my gate in like 35 minutes – from when my alarm went off. I mean, it's like, it's insane how, how fast the whole process. So you're in line, you're at your gate at six thirty-five. Yeah. I, I, it'll, it's, it'll be nuts. I mean, I'm probably, it doesn't even take me 15 minutes to get out the door. It doesn't take me 15 minutes to get to LAX. And then I'm like right across the street. I flash my phone, which has my boarding pass on it. I'm right at the metal detector for TSA Mm-hmm. I don't have to take anything out of my bag. I don't have to do anything. I just like stroll through the metal detector and my gate is like right there. <laughs> oh, they don't make you take – wait, so your bag, you just – you put that through something or you actually wear that? No, no, no. You just throw your throw your bag through the metal detector. Yeah, yeah. But why is it faster? Because – I mean because your TSA well, approved they don't, you don't have anything. Yeah, because there's no long-ass line. You don't yeah. have to take off your outerwear. You don't have mm. to take your laptop out of your bag. You don't have to go through the millimeter wave detection thing, that fancy detector thing where you hold your arms above your head. Mm. Yeah. You don't have to do that with TSA Pre. Okay. The TSA Pre, you don't, there's no bins. The first time I did it, the people were like <laughs> – I was like asking for a bin and they're like, this is TSA Pre. We don't have bins, <laughs> <laughs> and you just throw everything right on the on the the conveyor belt, and they just cruise it right through. I mean, they they're yeah, they're How not. How much is it? Is it like it's eighty bucks a year or something like that? No, it's it's uh, eighty or eighty five for five years. Holy smokes! Yeah, and I mean, it's easily worth ten dollars every time you fly. Oh, I mean, it's sure. worth more than $10 every time you fly. Cause sometimes that line will be so long. And then I just have this smug, like walk, you know, cruise right past it. Anyway, then I fly to Oakland on Southwest and those flights are always on time, never delayed in the morning. And yeah. I, I take BART downtown and I'm just like standing in union square, San Francisco at nine 30 AM when my alarm in LA went off at six and I'm like in San Francisco ready to go. Yeah. And San Francisco this weekend was beautiful. It was a super so wait, nice weekend. You get there on Saturday or Friday? I, a lot of times I get there just Saturday morning. Like I show up. And your just class right starts before. at ten. At ten, yeah. Wow, it's awesome. It's like it's it's kind of like a space spaceship, you know. <laughs> like it's crazy that I that I, that that works. And then on the way back, I frequently get like this time I got delayed um, on Sunday night coming out of. I flew out of SFO. And I, my flight got delayed by four hours because of runway stuff at SFO. Hmm. But you know what the thing is about SFO? There's hmm. a bar there and hmm. I have my laptop. And so, you know, you give me a beer and I get a little bit of emails or whatever done while I wait for my plane or I read a little bit. It's like no sweat. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, the commute's been fun. So my my class is, yeah, weeknights in Marina Del Rey. And then uh, two two weeknights a week, and then like every other weekend, roughly in San Francisco. Although the one that I'm doing this summer is going to be three weekends in a row, so that'll be that'll be a little different. Sounds like you owe the uh, Wright brothers a thank you letter. I do, I do. Yeah, it's amazing. Speaking of that, I want to watch this new. There's a new show that just came out on Fox. It's Seth MacFarlane. It's like a Star Trek parody called Orville. 
Okay. Hmm. I kind of want to see it. It seems like a geeky thing to check out. I hope it doesn't suck. I like Seth MacFarlane though, so yeah, we'll see. Um, I guess yeah, maybe we just leave it there, huh? Yeah. Thanks Good everybody for listening. Thanks. Yeah, please uh, keep those emails coming. We have a long backlog of emails, uh, but we will get we'll 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 keep cranking through them. So, thanks for writing, and uh, we will talk to you shortly. Yeah.